In the short time Miles has known Inspector Nine, he has faced his share of scary moments. He's been chased by a lion. He's fallen off a cliff. Heck, he has even tamed a real, live, fire-breathing dragon. But the truth is, none of those things scares him as much as what he is supposed to do tomorrow night, when he has to stand in front of an auditorium full of people and say, It looks like it's going to rain. It's a simple enough line, his only line, in fact, in Miss Drinkwater's class play, and he can recite those six words perfectly in the comfort of his own bedroom or even in front of his classmates. But just imagining all those seats filled with strangers tomorrow night turns his tongue into a banana peel. He can barely breathe, much less talk, just thinking about it. Miles had heard all the standard advice from Miss Drinkwater, Things like, imagine everyone in the audience is in their underwear. But he doubts it will help. In fact, the only piece of advice that feels even remotely useful is the one he gets from his mom, who says, everything looks better after a good night's sleep. And tonight, freshly tucked into bed, he intends to do just that. Sleep. But only after he's done paying a visit to his old pal, Inspector Nine. The first thing Miles thinks when he turns the magic key on his bunk bed is, Earthquake! The whole bed bounces up and down, jostling this way and that, so hard that Miles has to hold on with both hands. The walls of his bedroom fall away and reveal that Miles' bunk bed is no longer a bed, but a horse-drawn wagon, creeping along a lonely road in the middle of a dark mountain forest. Trees tower over him on both sides of the trail, each rising so high in the air they cast the road below in a permanent twilight. In the shadows, Miles can see the back end of a horse pulling his bunk bed wagon up the trail, the horse's tail swishing back and forth like a hairy windshield wiper. Large wooden wheels are now on both sides of the bed, creaking as they roll forward. And, of course, Inspector Nine is there, too. Miles can see him, kneeling at the foot of the bed, holding the reins. Good evening, my boy, he shouts over his shoulder. Welcome to our next adventure. Glad to be here, Miles replies, scrambling up to the foot of the bed to join his friend. What's the plan? Oh, you will like this one. We are on our way to meet a very important person. Oh, he goes by the name, the Imperial Noah of all things. Heard of him? Afraid not. Well, as his title might suggest, he's a very wise man. He knows everything. And the next task on our scavenger hunt list just so happens to be that we must find the answer to a very specific question. What question? First things first, lad. 
Let's find our man. Eventually, the wagon breaks through the trees and comes to a halt where the road ends. At the edge of a beautiful but deep mountain gorge, which is really just a creative way of saying canyon. On the other side of the gorge, Miles can spy a large fortress, barely visible amid all the trees that surround it. That's our destination, Inspector Nine announces. But from here, we travel by foot. He points to a flimsy-looking footbridge that stretches from their side of the gorge to the other. As they get closer, Miles can see that the gorge beneath the bridge is very deep. So deep that he can barely see its bottom. He can also see, standing next to the entrance to the bridge, a short, bearded man wearing a blue sackcloth for a shirt. He holds a large battle axe and wears what looks like a spaghetti strainer for a helmet. This is getting interesting, Miles says. Shh, Inspector Nine whispers. Let me handle this. Miles and Inspector Nine climb down from their wagon bed and approach the bridge. The closer they get, the flimsier the bridge looks to Miles. It's held up by very old-looking ropes, and several of the wooden boards that make up the walkway appear to be missing. The man with the axe steps in front of the bridge entrance. Halt! he growls. Inspector Nine and Miles do just as they're told. It is, after all, a very large axe. Inspector Nine smiles politely. Good day, sir. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Inspector Nine, and this is my colleague, Miles Fenby. We wish an audience with the Imperial Knower of All Things. May we pass? The man doesn't budge. Miles can see twigs entangled in his grimy beard. When he opens his mouth to speak, Miles can smell a mix of worms and sour milk in the air. Only those who can answer my riddle may pass, he hisses. Inspector Nine and Miles exchange a look. A riddle, you say, says Inspector Nine. Please proceed. The guard takes a small step forward. He kneels down to get his face extra close to Inspector Nine's. Miles holds his breath while the guard speaks. Okay, then. What's full of holes but can still hold water? The man returns to his feet. You have ten seconds. What? Ten, the man says. Nine. Concentrate, lad, Inspector Nine urges. You can do this. Eight. Seven. Miles thinks. Something that is full of holes, but can still hold water. Six. Five. An image flashes in Miles's brain. Something from his submarine adventure just a few weeks ago. Four. Three. The image comes into focus. Something growing there on the coral reef at the bottom of the sea. Two. One. A sponge, Miles blurts out. 
A sponge is full of holes, but you can use it to soak up water. Rats, the man says, driving the blade of his axe into the ground so hard his spaghetti strainer helmet falls over his eyes. Still, he steps aside. You may pass, he spits. It's a scary walk across the bridge, which sways this way and that with each step Miles and Inspector Nine take. Carefully navigating around the missing planks on the walkway, Miles can look down and see the floor of the gorge hundreds of feet below, where trees look like fuzzy pencils. The groaning of the ropes is joined by groans coming from Miles as a cold wind blows through his pajamas and rocks the bridge. <sighs> Inspector Nine, no fan of heights himself, joins in. Ooh. Eventually, they make their way across the bridge and follow a tiny path up through the trees to the fortress of the Imperial Knower of All Things. Oh, yeah. Inspector Nine takes a moment to adjust his monocle and smooth his hair. How do I look? Miles gives his friend a thumbs up. Inspector Nine reaches up and knocks on the door with the handle of his umbrella. A deep voice speaks from the other side. Yes? Greetings, Inspector Nine shouts through the door. We request an audience with the Imperial Knower of all things to ask him a question of great import. There is a pause. Then the same voice says, Enter. Inspector Nine nods at Miles, who turns the handle on the wooden door and pushes it open. It takes a moment for Miles' eyes to adjust to the darkness of the large but cramped room. Its interior lit only by a fireplace on the far wall. Seated in a large rocking chair next to the fireplace is an old man with a stringy white beard. He peers at his visitors over the top of his reading glasses. Come closer, he says. Inspector Nine and Miles step across a room filled with the tools of a man devoted to finding the answers to life's great questions. In one corner of the room, Miles can see a laboratory. Beakers filled with bubbling liquid are attached by hoses to other beakers of liquid. In the dim light, Miles can see microscopes and vials and other strange-looking devices. Two walls in the room are lined with bookcases their shelves sagging with the weight of hundreds of encyclopedias. Miles passes a desk covered in papers and notepads, their pages filled with important-looking scribbles. Close enough, the bearded man says when Miles and Inspector Nine reach the fireplace. Inspector Nine bows again. Up this close, the imperial knower of all things looks like a much thinner, much grumpier, and much grubbier version of Santa Claus on his day off. The old man closes his eyes and resumes rocking. You may ask one question. 
Very well, sir. Inspector Nine reaches into his jacket to retrieve the scavenger hunt list. He clears his throat, then reads the question. True or false? If you sneeze with your eyes open, your eyeballs will shoot out of your head. The imperial knower of all things stops rocking. He gives the inspector a stern look. You came all this way to ask me one question, and that's it. Inspector Nine shrugs and points at the list in his hands. I'm sorry, but that's the question I need the answer to. The old man sighs. As you wish, he says. The answer to your question is false. Your eyeballs will not shoot out of your head when you sneeze, despite what you may have heard. Inspector Nine scribbles the word false on his list, then bows a third time. I thank you, sir, for your wisdom and your time. Good day. He nods to Miles. Good day, Miles adds. The two friends turn and walk in silence toward the exit. They are almost to the door when the imperial knower of all things shouts, Freeze! Inspector Nine and Miles do their best statue impersonation. Turn around, orders the wise man. Miles and Inspector Nine turn slowly, and Miles notices with some fear that the imperial knower of all things is pointing one incredibly long finger directly at him. What about you? He growls. Me? Miles asks. Yes. You are allowed one question as well. Miles has no idea what to ask this very wise but grumpy old man. Even worse, he can feel his stage fright coming back, his tongue tying itself into knots and his knees turning to jelly. Well, the imperial knower of all things says. Now, dear listener, forget about Miles for one second, and let me ask you something. If you had one chance, and one chance only, to ask just one question to a wise old man who knows the answers to every question in the universe, no matter how big or how small, answer me this. What would you ask? This is not a tale on a dog or a cat. This is not a tale on a whale or a bat. This is not a tale that shivers when it's cold. This is just a tale untold. Tales Untold.